Five-Year Mission, the podcast, episode 50. This episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast is brought to you by Fansets, your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to fansets.com and see all that they have to offer. And also stay tuned at the end of the episode for a very special offer from us here at Five-Year Mission. Bye now. Welcome to Five Year Mission, the podcast, the only podcast hosted by a band called, you guessed it, Five Year Mission. It's the best we could do and live with it. Uh, I'm Andy, one of your hosts, Andy Fark. Uh, tonight, I am joined by Noah Butler in my top left window. Hello, everybody. He's in my top left window. We're synchronized. That guy talking in my bottom window, uh, that's Mr. Chris <laughs> Spurgeon. <laughs> I do not talk in your bottom window. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, on this episode, we are revisiting an old episode. Uh, we did, uh, we're not going to talk about Star Trek at all tonight, actually. Kind of weird. I mean, unless one of us somehow miraculously connects one of these to Star Trek, <laughs> uh, uh, feel Unlikely. free. <laughs> yeah. We're not just about Star Trek. We're a band. We play music. Right. So we have to talk about music sometimes. Every once in a while. Every so often. Not yeah. I mean, even music that's not about us. We just like. You know, we play music because we love music and we love listening to it. And we're gonna be talking about music that we love to listen to. Specifically, Andy, what are we going to be talking? <laughs> well, last time around we did a new to you episode and that was just kind of stuff that we kind of discovered over the pandemic uh we're calling this episode new to u2 except none of us have picked the band u2 um <laughs> for obvious reasons which is tragic considering it doesn't even go along with the episode title now and i'm i, I quit <laughs> but these are bands that uh we've either recently discovered or recently rediscovered or have just been completely obsessed with as of late so um to start us off, we're going to talk about a band that uh, Noah has recently discovered, and I was amazed to find out that he had just discovered these guys. Go ahead, Noah. Yeah, I amazed myself that I had recently discovered these guys um, because the band is called Mission of Burma. I had been, uh, I, I have some more time on my hands nowadays and, and more able to like listen to music. Um, and so I would kind of go on and play like a, uh, an artist that I've really liked and play their station, you know, their, their related artist thing. So I was playing a lot of, of Bob Mould's station. Stuff came up that um, was interesting. It's a lot of stuff I knew. And so it finally um, landed on this song called um, That's When I Reach For My Revolver. Mm. And, and when it came on, I was just like, you know, I wasn't really looking at who it was. And I was like, this is this is a cool song. What who who is this? You know, and I looked down, solves Mission of Burma. And I'm like, that sounds familiar. I, I feel like I should know those guys. But but I did not like I, I, I did not know those guys. Um, and then I didn't think much of it. I thought that's a good song. I should look them up sometime. Um, and then a couple of days later, they played um, Academy Fight Song. And I looked back down and go, oh, that's a good song. Well, that's Mission to Burma, too. I got to go check these guys out. What, what's my problem? <laughs> so uh, so I, I saw like the album that it was being played from. And so I went and, and found that um, and, and started playing it. And I just assumed it was an album, like a proper album. I assumed it was like their first album or something. Um, but when I went back and kind of investigated it. It was actually like, I think like a couple of EPs maybe yeah, um, and some, yeah. and then some bonus material. What I was listening to was a Matador records, like release from like 2008 that kind of combined a couple EPs and had some bonus tracks. Um, but by the time I found that out, I was listening to that album, like start to finish multiple times. And, and I just, I just thought it was an album. I was like, this is a great album. This is a great first album. And it kind of is like a first album because it's their original, you know, first songs that they wrote. Um, but it wasn't their like first proper release album. I think this one was called um, Signal Calls and Marches. Thank you. Signals, Calls and Marches. I actually went out and, and ordered the vinyl and got the vinyl. 
um, oh, started, okay. st- st- yeah, I, I liked it so much. Um, this is um, a band that was formed in Boston um, in 1979 and were kind of had their heyday in the early to mid 80s. They kind of considered post-punk category. Mm-hmm. Very, very early. early yeah. Those two songs that I just mentioned are definitely sort of like their catchy, most people, most accessible. I think most people can listen to those and, and like them. Um, a lot of their other tracks you're going to have to like really kind of like what they do because the the rest of it is a little more can kind of gets dissonant and they're, they're a lot more yeah. just kind of experimental and um and noisy and not might not be for everybody um the, the rest of the album but I, I i i love it just start to finish um really got into it i was amazed looking at how many people like how many bands and bands that i love cite them as an influence oh yeah i i, I wrote all those down yeah yeah i was like looking at this list and like super chunk was on them and of course i talk about them mm-hmm. but i think it says like pearl jam foo fighters super chunk Jawbox, replacements throwing muses yo latango pixies who's Do, guided by voices fugazi fugazi i went to uh i went to my buddy phil who is the person i probably had the most musical conversations with in my lifetime and i said we never talked why didn't we talk about these guys like why like it's like your job <laughs> to introduce me to these this is like right up your alley this is something you, you should have introduced me for like why why did you not and he's like i, I don't know he's like i i sang uh, that's how i escaped my certain fate yeah he's like Oh, I, I I played that. I covered that at that party you came to that one time when my band was playing. I played that song like, so he's like, I don't know how it never came up. Well, I mean, most 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 likely you probably didn't know it was a cover at the time yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, um, and that's off that 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 song I just mentioned um, was is off their their actually first full release album called Verses. I, I wanted to include another song off another album besides the the first two. So it was it was just very refreshing to to find these guys and and get into them and and find something that has been around for a long long time but is completely and totally new to me. Yeah, I mean, considering that they they've like went for as like as, as little time as they did in like their initial run, and then like one of the guys got tinnitus real bad, and the band just decided to disband, and then they finally did some like reunion shows. I think it was like two thousand two. Yeah, they kind of had a second second wind they, they did like three or four albums then um, yeah like after 2002 yeah they did they kind of had a coming back and and was were moderately successful with those two so i think i think it was missing one me- one member well yeah it was it was it was the, the the guy with tinnitus he just decided not to not to come back because i guess i guess towards the end of that final tour and their original run he like switched out his uh his little like foam uh earplugs to like actual like shotgun range headphones i read that and they would have those live on stage um i think written out yeah. i think written house did That's that insane. one time mike did that several times um yeah yeah, yeah. He, that was kind of his thing for a little bit as yeah. i recall it's a look that's for sure that was for um, Little Voice. He used to wear those. Yeah, one thing. One thing that I had, did had no clue about this band, like how far-reaching their influence was. Uh, I guess like REM on their Green tour uh, would actually cover a Academy Fight song live, and, and then they also wound up recording it for some uh, like fan club thing that they, that they that they did. Like there was just like a limited edition like like seven inch or like a mini disc or something like that and so they have a recorded version of a of a i've been meaning to somewhere. just track that down and because i did i had heard that and i've been meaning to track that down and, and listen to that um because i i love me some rem as well um and i accidentally stumbled upon the uh the moby cover of of that's when i reached yeah. for my revolver and i was like I'd completely forgotten that Moby even existed. Yeah, well, the, the the weird thing to me about Moby, I mean, we're digressing <laughs> here for a second, but the weird thing to me about Moby, you know, he's known for like his dance music and stuff like that, but he grew up like a like a punk rock and hardcore yeah. kid. So like he he knows, he's well yeah. educated in like this yeah, whole Yeah, clearly. <laughs> to, to choose that song to cover. Um, so it was kind of, it was yeah. interesting. But I mean, you also have to think with like R.E.M. I mean, they, the, 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 uh, the guitarist I can never remember his name uh, actually played on one of the one of the replacements albums so it's weird how like all these bands yeah. like intertwine well, and they were all they were all kind of around at the same time so they were more like contemporaries yeah. and um, it's I think that's always interesting when when bands are influenced by con- 
by their contemporaries as opposed to you know something that came 10 15 years earlier yeah that's a, it's, a, it's it's almost always nice to see because it's kind of like a nice little like hey i really love what you're doing so much so that it's it's currently influencing me yeah i i had never heard of them either and i haven't really gotten a chance to listen to them a lot i listened to the the few songs that you included but it sounds like something that I would enjoy to continue to listen to. Um, I, you know, I, I dug the song. So uh, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to checking them out some more. Um, I find it interesting that they were so influential and I've never, I'd never heard of them. Uh, a lot of those bands that you rattled off, you know, I, I like and am familiar with at least. So it's, uh, it's weird how these bands can be so obscure just because they never really reached, you know, attained high heights fame. Yeah. And, and yet they have such influence over bands that did gain that kind of fame. So it's, mm-hmm. and I forgot, I did, I did actually have a connection to, to Mission of Burma that I didn't know. I had gotten into um, an album or a collection of recordings by a band called the Volcano Sons. And that drummer for the mm-hmm. Volcano Sons was the drummer for Mission of Burma. And, and I, I didn't realize that till I started doing doing the research on them, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So I I had one connection to the band. I just had never heard of Mission of Burma. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on from Mission of Burma, and Chris, uh, let's move on to your first pick that you okay. have found a little little out of little about. Yeah, I have found precious little about this band. There's a good reason for that because they are practically bands band brand spanking new they're band spanking new <laughs> um they're a band out of nashville called lemon drop and they released their first ep in i think it was april of 2022 so it was just this year they and it's like a four song ep and they have other songs that they released prior to that and I found them on Amazon Music, much like Noah, I, you know, there's the algorithm. But what I do a lot of times is I'll go to an artist that I like and I'll look at the related artists and just kind of, you know, click on them and see if I see if I like that. And if I kind of like it, then, I, you know, I'll click on their related artists and kind of fall into that rabbit hole. But this is one of the ones that I found. And there were just there wasn't a whole lot to listen to, but what I found to listen to, I really, really dug. And it's very, you can tell that they are young artists. There's a lot of angst going out, you know, uh, there are songs about lost love and things like that. Um, but it's really good songwriting. I mean, so Shut Up and Move On is the name of the EP, which I love that title mm-hmm. um, anyway. And they have kind of the lead track uh actually it's not the lead track but it's it's the most popular one it's called strawberry wine and the song is about continually falling for someone who isn't quite falling for you but the lyric it kicks off with this lyric you call me strawberry wine so you can drink me dry and walk away with a buzz and i love that visual because it's (laughs) It's like we can all relate, you know, you you really like somebody and they show you attention and you give them what they're there for and then they just walk away and don't want to have and then they don't come back until they need that attention again. Mm-hmm. And it's something it's just so relatable. And that's what I really like about their songs. Not only are they super catchy, um, but they they are really relatable. And I like that about them. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had some had some relationships like that, like that strawberry wine song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's totally something that you can say, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I went online and I tried to do some research and I couldn't find a whole lot. And again, it's because they're pretty new. But I did find out that they're from Nashville. Um, lit, uh, Joni Lemons is the name of the lead singer. And I assume that's where Lemon Drop comes from. Makes sense. And um she she's the lead and then uh there's david Mor- moran uh brandon carey and max Mosier are the are her um backup so they 
and I, as far as I could tell, you know, I looked at pictures and and they all look pretty young. Of course, you know, you can't tell, but based upon what they look like and um, the subject matter, I kind of assumed that uh, the the they are self-described as if Joyce Manor, Maroon 5, the Black Keys and Julian Baker decided to form a band together for some reason. So (laughs) I thought that was it. It seems like they took their like their four, you know, four influences for one influence from each member of the band and just said, okay, this is what we, you know, we put all this together and that's who we are. Yeah. And I just think it's funny that that's how they describe themselves. It's, but the, you know, the sound sounds like something you've heard before, but it also sounds fresh and new so it's you know it's really good stuff yeah my um my initial um i I, and i haven't gotten a chance to listen to it many many times but i've I've listened to the the songs a couple of times and um yeah my yeah my my first initial thing was like that that the name of the band is is almost like this perfect description for how they sound like that's just it's a it's a great name like the sound matches the name you know like sweet with a little bite. I was I was gonna say like sugar, sugary, but 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 a little bit sour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she does have a very kind of soulfulness uh, to her to her voice to her vocals. Um, it's very it's mm-hmm. very glossy mm-hmm. and shiny music and and extremely catchy. Yeah, I do I, I do love the issue that she winds up like doubling her vocals in a lot of the songs. Like I, I can tell it's not like them the the, the rest of the band backing her up because you could you could tell yeah. it's still her voice, but it it yeah. it adds such a great layer to the to, to the songs. I'll say I, that it is probably a little too glossy and poppy for like my my regular tastes um it would take some getting used to so there's a little like yeah. i and i'm you know i love catchy poppy things but there there was something just a little too modern pop with it that i th- think it would take some some getting used to for me or at least some more repeat listens before i could maybe accept accept it it's yeah. not in my usual wheelhouse of you know of, of music it was actually a song on um it 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 was one that I had selected and I took it off. It's called "That's All She Wrote," oh, and that yeah. has a little more of an edge to it. Mm-hmm. And I actually swapped that out for one called "Green," and that was actually one that was released after their EP. So they they've had three songs they released after the EP: "Green," "Sour Girl," and "Saturday Night." And "Green" is the reason why I wanted to put that in instead is because it's. Um, the other ones are kind of upbeat and poppy, and yeah. this one is much more kind of slower, laid back, and you know, contemplative. <laughs> um, the one of the lyrics, it's I, you know, I listened to it and read the lyrics, and I'm not entirely sure what it's about, but it, from what I gather, like the first lyrics are, "Well, if the sky is falling, guess I'll crap, <laughs> crap, guess I'll crack open wine and watch." So it's it's kind of and and it keeps going on like that. It's kind I mean it feels kind of like, you know, the world's falling all falling all around me and I'm just going to kind of make the best of it. Mm. Um it's called green cuz she refers to herself as green like being new and she's going to say she's green and it's like things are changing and I'm going to be something different. I don't know if that's what it's about, but that's what kind of the feeling I got for it. So it's uh, you know, it's it's a different. It's not that poppy catchy kind of thing it's it's a little bit it deserves a uh, you know a couple more listens to kind of get into it which you know which is what i did i just i kept because there's only like 10 songs they only have like 10 songs or something yeah and so it's easy to listen to multiple times and when i was trying to figure out which ones i wanted to do i just kept coming back to that one but then i was like no i just want to keep it upbeat but then i changed my mind so (laughs) what's funny is when i was um, on Amazon Music, they have these other uh, albums that are attributed to them, and I don't know if they actually did it or not. But it's like um, video game music. <laughs> it's interesting. Like, uh, I don't know if it's the same person or not, but uh, like stuff I'm gonna from say sound, no- like video game soundtracks, or is it just yeah, yeah. They, they, like, you know, you never know because I mean, there was there was that one band that we played with uh, for a second there, uh, Scissors from Chicago. 
yeah uh, they were on that like mlb the show video game and uh you know a lot of times like if, if you have the right connections you can get like a single on one of those games so that that may be the case yeah but it wasn't like us it wasn't like music with lyrics it was like oh you know like an 8-bit interpretation of a song oh, <laughs> like, most likely like, something you know, different the old yeah it was it's it's actually pretty one thing good. i notice about amazon music is they they don't do a great job of separating artists who happen to have the same name um so so yeah, a lot of times you think yeah. you've you've chosen the right artist and or, or you'll you'll choose the artist and they'll have multiple albums by different artists of the same name all mixed together and and so it can be confusing yeah. well i i get that on spotify every now and then i'll get like you know hey it's, it's the release radar and everything and i'm like oh cool let's see what's going on and i see something new <laughs> from devo and i'm like what devo put out a new single and it turns out to be some like latin pop star that that goes, <laughs> that goes that under the name devo same spelling all capitals yeah. and everything and i was like how how did they not know of the internationally famous artist that started in the 70s and is still going called exactly this it is possible it looks like lemon drop their first songs are in 2020 yeah um, the ones that. that are clearly them and then this other stuff is from like 2017 or 2018 and since you know it's oh. Joni Lemon she may have been doing this stuff as Lemon Drop back you know before she was she was doing other things so uh, i don't really know but if you go if you find Lemon Drop and it sounds like a video game from you know the 80s i you know uh -huh. may, maybe it's the same thing maybe it's not i don't know but it's worth checking out one way or the other and yeah. what's cool is they're from Nashville so the potential to be able to see them regionally is hey increased. and you know what where i live now you know what i figured out chris nashville nashville What's is that? closer is is the same drive as chicago was when i lived in indy so like nashville is oh, like really? my new oh, yeah, chicago because so. it's it's like three three and a half hours from here whereas now chicago chicago is like yeah. five hours <laughs> I, i'll drive extra to go yeah. to nashville <laughs> you got folks there you got people there let's drive into andy's first pick Ooh, good yeah. segue you like that kinda, i guess <laughs> uh yeah let's get into some some uh garage rock yep. craziness with uh canada montreal canada's own lace sensorinos <laughs> such a great name Man. such a great name i discovered these guys a few months ago and they really only have like two full lengths and like an ep and like a bunch of seven inches and stuff but a lot of singles but then they did a compilation full of their singles so i guess that kind of counts as one of their other full lengths but yeah they formed in 99 um the the guy that some people may know that's in the band plays drums uh named mark sultan uh, he was, he currently tours under the name uh, King Kong Barbecue Show, <laughs> which Noah, you, you would probably highly enjoy. Um, but uh, right before this band, he had a little bit of success with a band called, uh, you may need to beep this, Noah, when you edit, uh, the, the, the Space. <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> but he decided he wanted like a little something a uh, little something less in a band so he decided to hop back on drums and, and um they added in like the two the, the two main guys that do vocals back and forth uh and then they added in um uh, I believe her name is Annie on a uh, Farfisa like the keys and um yeah they just started killing it all over Canada and then they started releasing uh, other music and then they released a uh, one album called live in bed uh, <laughs> which i think is a fantastic it name is, for an album it is. and it's good yeah and then uh the uh, 14 frenzied shakers album um they called it quits in like 2002 just because uh king con barbecue show started getting really big uh they're actually playing in memphis next week and i'm very disappointed that i'm going to be missing them because they're playing with uh, Shannon and Shannon and the Clams at Goner Fest. Oh man, I'm so pissed! I'm not going to that. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's uh, this is let's put it this way. If I did not have five-year mission going and keeping me as busy as I am, I would start a band that sounds exactly like this because it's just, it has that like super frenzied, like 1960s garage rock sound, like, like all the, like the Sonics and yeah. things like that. And like early, like Louie Louie type, type stuff. And it's just, it's, it's phenomenal. It, it, it just makes me think of like being at like a house party where everybody's wearing pastels and spilling Schlitz everywhere. It's, it's like that kind of band that, that was, yeah, yeah that was exactly what, when, when I was listening to it, I was just like, this is number one. It was just awesome. And number two, yeah, yeah just, just stepping right out of that, like early sixties, just party, party music, you know? And yeah, it's like, Hey everybody, I, I, I finally discovered distortion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar with, uh, there, there was an album, a compilation album out called that I wound up with somehow called wavy gravy. And it's, yeah. and it's a bunch of those old, like kind of gems, sixties mm -hmm. gems, you know, mm -hmm. weird stuff intermixed with like, uh, trailers for like B movies, like, B -movies. Yeah. yeah. And that's just, it sounded like they just hopped right out of something like that, you know? Like yeah. they could have easily just been on that wavy gravy album. It's it sounds like the kind of band where you're like, you just happen upon some club in some gritty neighborhood, mm -hmm. and it's just this dark, dank club, and you go in there, and there are there's just this band just tearing the stage apart. You know what I mean? Of course, every single girl in the place is on the dance floor, sweating their asses off dancing. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's fun. And all the songs are just real short and and just really tight. And just, it's it's just a, it's the kind of music you can just, uh, just to have fun, listen to, and then all of a sudden it's over. You know what I mean? And what I, what I think is really great about it is that, you know, even though it sounds so much like some of that 60s, garage rock stuff i've listened to a lot of that old 60s stuff and, and no matter how crazy it gets like they still the old 60s stuff still had a, had a level of, of reservedness to it like they they, they could only take yeah. it so far with with just energy and speed and they just you know they were always a little bit restrained even when they were kind of trying to be crazy and with these guys mm -hmm. it's just like they are able to take it up that next notch to where you just like yeah. you know really feel it and just like that's the energy that i i wish a lot of those bands from the 60s would have could have taken it to back then it, you know? exactly yeah their title track uh everybody's sex arena it's like just one of those classic like 60s anthems yeah where it's just like it's uh, they just repeat the same verse over and over again but it's still like it gets you shouting along like and and then we go one one one, two, two. They're just counting. That's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still so catchy. And you sing along just counting, counting to three until they say, everybody's sex arena. And then they just rip it's like a whole call and response thing. And it's just yeah. like that's the kind of stuff that gets gets you gets me going. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was great. It was really refreshing <laughs> to have that because I, I didn't know what, you know, I didn't know what to expect when we, you know, when you were sending stuff over and I when that came yeah. on, I was just like. I mean, I knew it had to be something fun with the name all by itself, you know. Right. But I, I did not expect it to just be so energetic and great. You never feel like they're um, working too hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just feels effortless. And, you know, there's some uh, that that punk sound that it just sounds like they're doing what they think they should be doing, you know, mm -hmm. as, you know, playing that kind of music. And this doesn't sound like it just sounds like they're having a good time and and just making good music. Well, I mean, like that 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 third song that I I put on the list, uh, that the, the way that you work, like that has such a groove to it. Um, it's just it's it's one of those songs where uh, I could always picture the, again, like that whole weird house party in the '60s, and so like the singer's always just like between every single song it's just like picking a girl out of the crowd and be like this one's for you <laughs> and it's and, the, like, ah! and, the, <laughs> and they're just 
and the girls in the crowd are just losing their minds for every single song and it's just like there's they have so much weird dirty swagger to them and yeah. i just oh i'm I, I i'm a, such a sucker for it and yeah and so but you said they it was basically like late 90s early 2000s is when they yeah for the their first album came out in 99 and then they they put put up their last release at like, to like 2002 and that was it hmm. they were done no no reunions or anything like that just because like mark sultan like i said went on to form uh what did he go on to form he formed another band called uh right after that called the, the almighty defenders which is kind of along these lines, except a little more like the band The Cynics, if you've ever heard them, Noah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you'd be, you'd probably teach, you'd probably like the Almighty Defenders too. But like I said, he he tours the world with it with, with King Kong Barbecue Show. Like he just got back from a European tour with all that, and um, now they're playing. They're on like a little U.S. leg, and like I said, they're playing Goner Fest uh, next week, uh, which is like the big garage rock mecca. Yeah. Yeah. like goner goner records is in, yeah. in memphis hey, and then another another uh tennessee reference there it's right. it's right well uh noah let's move on to the most noah pick you could have submitted <laughs> like i've like, like, like i said before we started recording yeah i i start, immediately saw the name and i was like i know i've heard these guys before hit play and i was like yeah this is definitely a noah uh, pick <laughs> yeah this was another one that um came on just listening to um uh you know a station uh, with related artists and their algorithm and i think uh, the first song railway uh it came on and um and i just i was immediately caught just by the atmosphere of it like the production it's got this very big ethereal um almost shoegazy everything's very affected lots of pedals and lot, you know it's kind of got this big bigger sound and very atmospheric um and so i kind of was immediately attracted to that sound i was like oh I, this is this is different and 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 i like this um and, and the song played and i was like oh that's cool who is this you know and i no idea never heard of him kitchens of distinction had never even heard the name um but didn't think anything of it. Again, a couple of days later, another song came on, and and um, I don't think it was one that I included. Um, but it came on, and and again, I looked. And I was like, oh, it's Kitchen Distinction again. I I like this sound. So then I just started listening to that album because both of the songs were off the same album. I just started listening to the to the album, and I just I, I just I loved the the feel and the sound of the whole album. Um, I, it was even hard to pick songs for it because yeah they got they got they like what five albums yeah they had four or five before they broke up and then i think they reformed like in 2017 or something and put out one 13. album or something 13 okay um yeah but, five, five, four four albums between 89 and 94 and then uh when they, they when they reunited they they released folly in 2013 so this the songs i picked uh, all the three songs i picked are all off the album strange free world which is their second album um, and I, I listened a little bit to the other albums, but there was something there was something about this album that just the feel of it, the the uh, the sound, the production on it that I just I, I really liked. But it was hard to pick the songs because honestly, like I'm listening to it as a whole album. I'm not like it's not like like Mission of Burma. There were some ones that stood out as just like these great hooky single yeah, songs, anthems. anthems. And these like there wasn't any. Like there wasn't a lot that I could pick out and go, this is very accessible and and most people would like this song. It, I, I couldn't do that. It was just like the whole feel of the whole album is just like, I just listened. I, I literally wouldn't put on a song. I would just put on the album and listen to the album straight through because I just liked the sound and the feel of it. Um, and mm. then late, later I, I started to, uh, as I started to pay attention to words um, and because it's got this very glossy kind of sound to it and and I would catch a few lines here and there and 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 I was like oh is this is this guy got some cheesy trite lyrics is this going to be a little disappointing once I actually start paying attention to what he has to say but then I started looking up I started looking up the lyrics because I was starting to sing along and I was like what is he saying there you know so I'd I'd look up the lyrics and I'd look up the lyrics and be like that's kind of dark actually this is <laughs> he's actually a pretty good songwriter and has pretty good lyrics and the, the songs are kind of kind of dark actually well they're they're, they're they're from south london you have to be a little bit dark yeah, yeah. from tooting 
I, I can't say yeah. I can't say tooting without laughing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, formed in 1986, and and definitely this album that came out in 1991, so it's technically a 90s album. Um, yeah. Still, to me, sounds very 80s. Um, it's it's got a. I mean, it might be bordering into the shoegazy thing of the early 90s, but it's still I feel like it's got a lot of 80s production, a lot of 80s sound to it, kind of cure and psychedelic furs if they were really light lighter sounding you know um, yeah as far as his vocals go and I, I got an i got a real rem vibe from them not surprisingly coming from you yeah well it's got that got a lot of jangly uh jangly guitars and yeah. um but i i am um, I, I know it's it's certainly not for everybody um i could see how the guy's voice might eventually be annoying to people just kind of the way he, <laughs> the way he sings um, and it's certainly, a, like I said, a very glossy, shiny, shimmery sound to it. Um, but one of the things I like is that a lot of times in those very overproduced, effecty kind of albums, a lot of times the drums get buried in all that. And, and mm -hmm. a lot of times even the drummer's not really, you don't really get to hear their chops all that well. Um, but in this one, he's got a, the drummer's got a lot of energy and like you can still hear the drums pretty well. And, and he's really like playing with with energy. And, um, you know, even though there's like this wall of synth and guitars around, you know, swirling around it all, he's he's still doing like some some pretty nice drum work on there, which I, I appreciate. Yeah, I'm I'm still amazed that these guys are a three piece yes. like with, <laughs> with, with with as full as they sound. They're a three piece. I have yeah. no clue how they do it. I didn't realize that. That yeah is pretty impressive because it does sound a lot fuller than what you would get. Mm -hmm. I, I I I was expecting like a whole like flock of seagulls type of setup where there's like <laughs> five dudes and just like one of them plays like a single electronic drum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think there's a lot of I mean I think there's a lot of lot of studio layering for that particular album. I meant to look them up live. I meant to, go, stuff, to get, yeah. go to see some live stuff, see how they were pulling that off live. But mm. I think there's a, I think there's a lot of guitar guitar pedals um, that are oh, making yeah. making synth sounds as well as guitar sounds. But um, yeah, so kitchens of distinction. <laughs> Such a weird name, too. I mean, we we go from lace sex arenas to kitchens of distinction. I think it said they saw it in like a, uh, I don't know, like in a, a Sears magazine or so something was advertising advertising kitchens, you know, basically. But they it said kitchens of distinction. Well, I mean, Mission of Burma and kitchens of distinction are very. Very Noah names. <laughs> that's true. I mean, when Noah sent his picks, I'm like, "Yep, that sounds about right." <laughs> what's what's hilarious is that is that they use, apparently they used to do like like secret gigs uh, under their alter ego name, uh, Toilets of Destruction. <laughs> <laughs> I did not read it. I did not hear that. That's hilarious. I like it. I like that. <laughs> oh my god, that is so good. That's a. I mean, just just alone, that is a great band name. <laughs> Toilets <laughs> of destruction. I mean, just to, just imagine the 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 album artwork you could come up with with a name like that. Sledgehammer going toward a toilet, or a toilet with a sledgehammer. A toilet with arms and a chainsaw. Like a, to a toilet that that looks like your dad used it on a Sunday morning after a barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He just made that real nasty. Yeah, well, we can't all smell like rosies, but speaking of rosies, um, <laughs> Chris, let's move on to your next pick. Okay, so Noah and I went to see the Baths mm. a couple, it was last month, wasn't it? And yeah. we may have mentioned the baths a couple times maybe on the podcast maybe in real life that was one of the choices on the last episode of this yes maybe i'm obsessed yes, lately. yeah so noah and i saw them at the hi-fi in august and it was amazing mm -hmm. and had an opening band called rosie tucker named after their front person rosie tucker mm -hmm. and I just remember thinking, wow, 
this is really good you know you never it's the the opening band is always hit hit is always crap shoot you know you never know never know it's like a box of chocolates and (laughs) that's right easy forest (laughs) and rosie tucker was really impressive so they are from la and rosie studied music at usc and was raised in a uh, very religious atmosphere and mm. became dis- disillusioned with with that not surprising and yeah. you can you can hear some of that in the music um they actually started out as a solo act just under rosie tucker and the first album that they put out is actually an acoustic album and it's really good <laughs> Like it's really, really well produced. It's called Low Light, and they they put it out in 2015. And I didn't choose any songs from that album just because I wanted to do the full band songs. But it's really, it's definitely worth checking out. It's really cool. Um, then they went on to produce to produce another album in 2019, and I love this title. It's Never Not Never Not Never Not. Yeah. And I couldn't find that anywhere. I couldn't huh. find the album. So I'm not, sh- I haven't listened to that one, uh, but I'm, I intend to track it down at some point. Hmm. And in 2021, they signed with Epitaph Records. And I don't know. Which is weird. It I seems know. so odd. I know. And I don't know where the rest of the band came in. So I think Jess is on bass and the guy playing drums is Wolfie. And I don't remember the other person's name playing guitar, although they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, there's yeah. actually, a, there's a song that they do with Rosie and it's this really cool harmonies. It's, it's just a, such a cool song. And that song is actually on the 2021 album released by Epitaph called Sucker Supreme. And that is... Uh, the album that I chose the songs from and it is listed on uh, Pitchfork's list of 29 great records you may have missed in spring 2021 and I can't agree more because I didn't even know who they were and then when we heard when we heard the band I just wondered how that slipped by and I had (laughs) knowing that that Rosie Tucker was going to be opening for the Beths I I started listening to a little bit and I thought, wow, this is pretty good. But you know, when you kind of, you start listening to a band and they, they catch your ear, but then you see them live and it changes everything. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it was like. It was, I liked the music already, but when I saw them live, it just changed. It just made me love them all that much more. So they're, they're just a really cool sound. Um, I don't know, Noah, how would you describe their sound? It's, it, it it kind of goes, it's not just a singular sound, you know, because I it has. I would say it has, it's a little more of a laid back folk punk because it, uh, it, it, yeah. it, it, it kind of has like the angst, but it still kind of has the melancholiness of like, say like an early like dashboard confessional, but a little more subdued. Yeah, and they have some some of the none of the songs that I chose, but on the album, there's some definitely more experimental stuff and mm-hmm. kind of noise rock almost. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's there's you know fuzz going on and just these ambient sounds, and it's um, if I'm being frank, I I do think that kind of breaks up the album because it ha- it doesn't have a cohesive feel to it that album not that it's not good it just um it you just have to be ready for it you know you have to be ready for going from one uh kind of this pop folky feel to something that's completely different but they yeah. they mesh well too i think i was there with you when i saw them live and and i was blown away i was very very impressed because you're right the the opening ass can be hit or miss um and it i definitely get the sense you know you, you got the sense that uh rosie had definitely been a solo artist um mm-hmm. before um because there was even a couple of times during the set where they 
um, you know, did a played did, themselves played by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and listening to kind of the previous album and then and then Sucker Supreme, I, I think there was just this sort of um, kind of sort of magic thing that happened where you have a solo person and then, you know, sometimes they can just get studio people or just random people mm-hmm. to back them up. Hmm. But like there was some kind of magic that happened when all of them came together um, yeah. to, I, I think something happened, you know, sometimes it elevates the songwriting, mm-hmm. it elevates the song itself. And I think I think that's what happened there. I think there was a lot of elevation where they all came together. And watching them, like each one of them up there on the stage, they all had this very distinct look and sort of a distinct personality. Um, yeah. And they and they just had this kind of swagger and um, and stage Rosie's stage presence was just awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and and they all had those shirts with their names embroidered. on the the left breast white t-shirts yeah yeah it was great you know that's a really good point noah that about them coming together and the the early acoustic stuff i feel like this is sucker supreme is the evolution album Mm -hmm. where they take these two different sounds or multiple different sounds and kind of mash them together and then as I, i feel like as they develop into this the next album things will really you know you'll have that gel that you see you know and it'll be even more it'll it'll have a more even more cohesive sound than it does now so yeah i'm i'm I really mean, i'm really looking forward to that next album. yeah and i yeah. still i still regret not getting i got was this close to, to i do to, too <laughs> to buying the album when i was there and i and i didn't do it um and i really wish i would have but i but i I'm very excited about maybe what the, what that next evolution is is going to look yeah, like. Yeah, me too. And just a couple notes on the songs. I I chose Habanero was one that I chose, and the key lyric in this is, um, "Wouldn't we be perfect together if we wanted exactly the same thing?" Again, a very angsty lyric, mm-hmm. but really, I mean, it's really a really good lyric. I found this interview where Rosie said the song is about flirting and wishing your life was working out differently and eating a pepper that is so hot that you can't stop laughing. And the guy who made the tacos brings a plate of tomatoes to your table to try and help cool you down and amphibians, (laughs) but just a little bit. I thought that was an insane, really funny description of a song. Yeah. It kind of makes me think that when they wrote it they had this idea and it kind of went off the rails a little bit but totally worked you know well their their lyrics are great like the lyrics are, are just a, a work of art they're 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 great lyrics um and oftentimes yeah. complicated and wordy um but not trite even when they're making yeah. a, a simple point they they still the lyrics aren't trite they're, it's, good 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 song right yeah it's super easy to be trite when you're trying to be earnest Mm -hmm. and they are really good about avoiding that and just finding finding that pocket where the lyrics speak to you in a plain in plain language but don't sound goofy you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and the other one i one of the other ones was ambrosia and it it again kind of that this theme in all the ones i chose it kind of has this angst in it it explores a tug of war between reveling in an idyllic relationship and feeling um but like battling with these anxiety like this anxiety and this anxiety fueled thoughts and it's just it's funny because i can relate I can't, I, th- I don't experience these things anymore because you know, <laughs> I'm this old married guy, but I remember that feeling and feeling these things. And it kind of, it's so, again, so relatable. You can just think about, oh yeah, I remember, I remember what that feels like. And that really gives you a connection to the music that the way it's written and performed is, uh, it's easy to to like, you know. Um, one thing I wanted to say about 
I know seeing them live, you you had listened to some of that music ahead of time. Yeah. So, so when you saw them live, you'd kind of already hear them. And I had not. So I'm hearing them live and then went back and started listening to the album afterwards. And and to their credit for the live show, like, um, I mean, they're true to form as far as the songs go, um, you know, from, from the album to live. Um, but yeah. the the album definitely had a um, a softer uh, feel yeah. and performance to it. Um, yep. Whereas whereas live, I mean, you 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 felt it in your chest. It has an urgency. Yeah, yeah. And they, live, yeah. The the drums, you know, of course, were of course louder live than than, than you know yeah. they're kind of toned down in the recording and and just when they'd kick on a distortion pedal or something live like. You felt it rock, you know, um, which which the album has those moments, but you don't quite feel it the same way. But I think that's just a credit to being really yeah. good performers live. And the the song that I mentioned earlier, where it was just a duet, that one is very it's real pretty on the album, and I like it. But live, it just seeing them do that because it's kind of a complicated arrangement even though it's just two guitars and some vocals but it is a complicated arrangement and it's just really it's impressive to it watch it was impressive yeah it was all right andy take us out andy i don't i can't think of a good segue here so just uh play with play with your next one i'll play <laughs> oh i you like see that? what you did there but <laughs> first know. before before i do I that tried. um we got to go back to high school um oh. my high school days slightly uh slightly later than your guys's high school days because <laughs> you guys are you guys are older than me um not by much uh but back when i was in high school and just out of high school uh, my one of my favorite bands and matter of fact was the biggest influence for my band in high school uh as a band called fyp stood for a five-year plan they were on recess records um but they also released some stuff on epitaph oh look at that little full circle huh, there how about that um but yeah they were just insanely fast insanely and uh, like self self self-described obnoxious and they really were like every single song was like maybe like a minute and a half long something like that and every single beat was just like fast as could be um <laughs> so fast forward uh, up until maybe like three months ago, I was looking for podcasts to listen to. And um, uh, one of my favorite shows, here's another little thing before I haven't even named the band we're about to talk about. Um, <laughs> Tension is worry. killing me. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of, uh, of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, and then they did the reboot on Netflix with the host, uh, jo J J Jonah Ray Rodriguez, who just used to just go by Jonah Ray. Um, but he had a pod podcast called J Jonah Ray Dio. <laughs> yeah, I've said that because you got to stress that because of the name thing. It's dumb. Um, but his opening theme song, uh, I had no clue who it was at first. And then I started like listening and listening to the podcast and finally figured it out. And they put it in the show notes finally that it was a band called Toys That Kill. And the theme song podcast, the podcast theme song was was a little bit stranger which is one of the songs that I included yeah, yeah. on the list. And I was like, why does this lead singer sound so familiar? And it turned out that it was because uh, two of the dudes from FYP went on after FYP broke up in the early 2000s to form Toys That Kill. And I was like, perfect. Oh, I know. And like, it's so funny because like the way he used to sing in fyp was just very just screaming and obnoxious and just and uh he got he got a little more nasally but he can actually hit notes in toys that kill <laughs> i just became absolutely obsessed with these guys like i like devoured all their albums like as soon as i found out who it was even even like posted posted on facebook I was like who is responsible for not telling me about toys that kill knowing I'm knowing I've been such a huge FYP fan since high school. And everyone's like, Oh, I figured you would have heard of them by now. It's like, you would be dead wrong. <laughs> but yeah, they formed in uh, 
2000 in San Pedro. Um, they put out five full length, six EPs, a uh, bunch of seven inches and singles. Um, and let's see, uh, da, 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 I lost my tab for Spotify. So yeah, a little bit stranger became immediately obsessed with that song. And that's off of the album, the citizen abortion. Is um, that, that's their first album, correct? Yeah, that is their first one. Yeah. 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 yeah their, their, their most recent album was a sentimental ward. It's a ward. Maybe. Um, yeah. Which is such a great album name. <laughs> yeah, it is. But yeah. And then the song, uh, uh, I I've been stabbed is just so good so catchy and then it's just basically just about being stabbed literally <laughs> I, I, I love how you guys had all these songs you were like yeah it's got these like like really heart <laughs> lyrics and, yeah and then here like yeah it's literally a song about literally getting stabbed <laughs> like you, you you like you guys were reading off lyrics and i was like wow that's very poetic so i looked up all the lyrics for for, for a little bit stranger and literally it's out here it's a little bit stranger what's a trip without a little danger at 6 a.m it gets a lot colder that's what you got that's why you got a head and i got a shoulder boom <laughs> boom that's, there's a, there's a little, little bit of poetry in there oh yeah absolutely <laughs> but yeah um, i mean it rhymes it, they are still together and uh most recently noah you would be interested in this um they recently uh joined forces with mike watt of the minutemen really yeah and they're going out and they're not they're not doing original songs no they're doing all songs by iggy and the stooges so it's the so yeah, to Toys That Kill with Mike, legendary Mike Watt of the Minutemen doing just doing a bunch of Stooges songs. Wow. So who's is who's is Mike Watt singing? Is he I, I have no clue. I've I haven't looked up any huh. video of this yet, but yeah, they've they've actually toured together like a, like like Mike Watt solo stuff. Um the toys that kill oh, yeah, would like yeah. go out on like little jaunts with him like yeah. Washington and uh Oregon and stuff. But yeah, that's that's toys that kill. <laughs> well, I uh, you, when you sent those over, and I I went, I listened to I've been stabbed first, mm -hmm. um, and and that was like a, I think it was the first thing I listened to out of everything you sent over, and and I was of course like, yep, that's that's an Andy. This is this is definitely an Andy pick, you know. Sort of. um, but but I liked it, um, and I and I let it play. Like I think I I went to that song, but then it just. It, it continued went to, to play song. and went to the next songs for playing. And each, each song that came on was, was great. Like, and, and it's cause it's, it's, it's melodic. Um, mm. It's catchy, but it's also like, it's, it's simple. Like there's not a yeah. lot of um, the, the guitar, the guitar doesn't even sound fully distorted. It's like kind of mm. clear, just breaking up kind of clear. I mean, it yeah, is just on the, on the not, verge of disaster. Yeah. It's not like a it's big like, wall of fuzz or anything like that. Yeah. It's just like um, an overdrive. Yeah, just like an overdrive, and it, it just it's simple and 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 super super catchy and and just high energy and it was a bunch of fun. So I I wound up listening to all of is it Family Forty Two is the name yeah is the name yeah with, of that the, album. with like the the yellow album with with the raccoon on the with cover. the raccoon yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> biting biting someone's arm yeah. Um, yeah it was it was that that album was a, a ton of fun and I re I really enjoyed it. And then I went back and listened to um, I've been a oh, little, little, little bit stranger, little little bit stranger, mm -hmm. which was off the first album. And then I I, I like that song, and I, I kind of listened to more of that first album. Um, but that first album to me sounded more like we were saying earlier, where I almost felt like they were trying too hard to sound. I don't know, it just sounded a little immature or a little like trying too hard to sound in in a, in a sort of typical. Punk angsty, angsty punk rock teens from that period of time you yeah. know um whereas for some reason this family 42 sounded more like i don't know more like they had sort of evolved a little bit uh, and and were writing a slightly different style of, mm -hmm. of song um and so I, I i enjoyed that one that that album more than that first one yeah yeah they, they, they definitely evolved over time but again like you like it like i I said they they obviously started hanging out with Mike Watt, who's like punk, like basically like one one of punk rock's godfathers, right? And so I'm I'm sure they probably like wound up learning a lot from him. 
Yeah. Cause I mean, that that's, that's a guy that evolved. I mean, he was, he was ahead of his time when, when the Minutemen first came out, but I mean, he's definitely, you know, stuck to his guns and kind of still, still an innovator. So yeah, yeah I, th- yeah. I think probably working side by side with him had like a big influence on them. I, I could see that. They, they have this, they had this EP from 2013. It looks like it's mm-hmm. toys that kill and future virgins. Yeah. And they have, they have the album cover is is like this little girl meme (laughs) it's this picture of this i can't i think that's from a um like from an old ad for jelly or something and she's looking at this slice oh yeah the old like welsh's ad yeah and she's got her hands underneath her chin and she's smiling and looking all sideways but it's like an art it looks like a children's artist rendering of it yeah it's really funny (laughs) <laughs> it's called Split. The album's called Split. It's an actual. It's an actual it's a, it's a Split EP between t- the band Toys That Kill and the band Future yeah. Future Virgins. So I, I, yeah, I don't okay. think there was ever an actual title for it. Yeah, it's funny. I just like the cover. <laughs> as as I do like the cover, the Family Forty Two cover. Yeah, yes. the raccoon. That was fighting. a that was a thing. Like a like a like with FYP, they're the the band that these these guys stemmed from. Um, yeah. All all of like all of their album art. If you look it up, it's just like taken from like old coloring books or like yeah. old like pamphlets from from like the fifties. But they would like modify them like just just enough. Like one of the albums, like there's like a kid swinging on a swing, but like his leg is flying off. <laughs> just <laughs> they're definitely well known for that. Yeah, I enjoy the the music as well. Um, it I just they're just these you know tight pump punk songs and it mm-hmm. i mean i think none of them are over two minutes long no you can absorb the album in a in a sitting easily well i mean the like the the the, the, the three songs that i chose are respectively are a minute 23 a minute five and a minute nine yeah actually i'm looking at it now and it looks like there's one song that's almost three and a half minutes but everything else uh there's two songs that are over three minutes but everything else is just either just over two minutes or under so mm-hmm. it, I mean it's it's a really it's distinctively punk rock. All right, are we uh, are we we wrap are we we wrapped up here? We are wrapped up just like just like some toys that kill on Christmas. Uh, tune right. in next time for I don't know what. Oh, you know what we forgot to mention? What did we forget this to mention? Is ep- this is episode fifty. This oh. is the 50th episode. Oh snap! Of yeah of five-year mission the podcast it only five it, it, oh baby it, it only took us like two and a half years to get here <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is well that makes it even more momentous almost yes. three years i think actually <laughs> yeah 50 matter of fact let me look up and see when when our first episode was posted and see how long it took us <laughs> to get <laughs> to episode 50 it's going to be something very dumb First episode aired on August 30th, 2019. Oh, oh okay. three years. Three years yeah. to get to 50 episodes. That's dumb. And how long will it take us to get to year five? Oh my god. Let's hope let's hope less than a year. Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> like five-year mission and do you like getting exclusive content you should head over to patreon right now and visit five-year mission because we've got all the exclusive content you're not getting on any other social media there's videos pictures sometimes we post news there before we post it anywhere else behind the scenes of us working on albums and podcasts and sometimes just pictures of us goofing off that we don't put anywhere else only on patreon and there are many options to choose from you can be a lieutenant commander you can be a captain you could even be an admiral. Each of those comes with their own special perks. One of the perks of being an admiral is that you get to be a producer on this podcast. Currently, our producers are Carol Jones, Jen Tift, Helen Lake, Steve and Frankie Palopoli, Roxy and Becky, Debbie Renke, Madison Rachel Jones, and Jim Morehouse. So what are you waiting for? Go to Patreon slash five-year mission right now. That's the number five-year mission. And sign up. It's that easy. You don't know what time it is? It is fan sets time. 
I didn't even have to check my watch to tell you it's Fansets time. Anyway, you all know Fansets, Harry Potter, DC Comics, Irwin Allen, and of course, Star Trek. And newest in the Women of Trek series is available now, the glittery, oh, so fabulous Rafi. Uh, glittery, it's Rafi's portrait. You know the Women of Trek series, it's all been fantastic. And also from Star Trek Picard, you got the Confederation Delta, you know, the evil kind of mirror federation it's the confederation they're conning you anyway you want to order those head on over to fansets.com fill up your card enter the discount code trek geeks all one word all caps trek geeks you can get 10 percent off your entire order and remember if you spend 30 dollars or more you get free shipping fansets our pins have character and we thank fansets for sponsoring each and every episode of five-year mission the podcast text from Mike earlier and he was feeling he was very claustrophobic at a volleyball game he was he was packed in the bleachers and had to Mm. take a take a few moments to step outside because he was feeling (laughs) (laughs) I I know how he feels last last time I was in a uh, in the bleachers in a gymnasium I got COVID oh good god I feel his pain Maybe 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 that's why I haven't gotten COVID yet because I haven't sat on any bleachers. Yeah, don't don't go to any bleachers. Avoid the bleachers. <laughs> COVID lives in the bleachers, didn't you? <laughs> haven't you read that? <laughs> something something about the grain. Like 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 if you sit against the grain, you're good for COVID. If you rub your butt with the grain, <laughs> auto COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that was my mistake. Listening to Five Year Mission, the podcast. If anyone is interested in listening to more of our music, check us out on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere that you can listen to music. Just search for Five Year Mission, and we will be the first thing that pops up. If you would like to contact us, you can email us at fiveyearmissionband at gmail.com. You can also find us at fiveyearmission.net, and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Five Year Mission, the podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Coconut!